This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the This Week in Rays Baseball podcast. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to our latest show. With a guy who's probably back is kind of sore because he's had a carry me all week on the uh, broadcast online. And that is Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. He's also breaking stories, too. We'll touch on that more. Topper, thanks for being with us. It's uh, fun doing some games with you, Neil. The uh, the witty repartee we have, I think, is probably making radio history all across the world. Well, we're carrying it over to the podcast as well. And as mentioned, you're breaking news in addition to making lots of funny jokes. We'll start with Kevin Kiermeyer, And that's no joke. Uh, the fact that you broke the news that he is expected to sign a long-term deal uh, with the Rays, which keeps him in a Rays uniform for quite some time. Absolutely, Neil. And I, I think if you know anyone affiliated with the Rays, whether it's players, staff, uh, front office people, and certainly fans, I, I think everybody's excited about this move from what I can tell. Uh, they did agree to terms. It'll be formally announced sometime uh, by early next week. But it'll be a six-year uh, contract that includes this year. For $53.5 million, there'll be an option year on top of that. So this could keep Kevin Kiermaier around for quite a long time. You know, there's obviously a gamble on both sides. There's an investment on both sides. But I think in this case, for the Rays, this provides them that cost certainty. It provides them the ability, you know, they gain the benefit of buying out a couple of free agent years. You know, they're betting on Kevin Kiermaier being a really good player. This enables them to be in a position financially to hang on to him. If you're Kevin Kiermeyer, the trade-off is maybe the potential for more earnings down the road, but the security of $53 million, which I think even by the standards that Dave and Andy roll on, that's pretty good money, much less for normal people. Yes, like you and me. And let's move on to you know, the fact that with that, the Rays have their top three players, uh, top three marketable players, top three marquee players, however you want to look at, at it, locked up. Kevin Kiermeyer, Evan Longoria, and Chris Archer. And you spoke to both Longo and Archer about this KK deal, too. Yeah, and like I said, I think they were very happy as well. And, and, you know, they saw the benefits in this, you know, both the obvious benefits, especially in Chris Archer's case of having a really good center fielder running down fly balls for him. But, you know, the message that this sends for organizationally as far as making that commitment, you know, having all three guys, adding Kiermeyer to that stash, uh, Longoria spoke of it to him as a signal of their commitment to winning, you know, over long-term haul. And, you know, Archer made a great point, too, which is, you know, this allows a player like a Kevin Kiermaier to relax a little bit and, and possibly bring out the best in him. And I think Evan Longoria said the same after he signed that first contract, you know, and even when he signed the second one, that he felt that his goal always was to outperform the deal. Um, and I think this is a deal that Kevin, while it puts, sets him up great for the rest of his life, um, also allows is a deal that he can outperform. Well, yeah, and, and you know, sometimes it, players feel like it's a criticism or a negative thing if someone says they signed a, a team-friendly deal as if they didn't get enough money. Well, first of all, this is more money than any of us could ever imagine to begin with, but that's okay. If a player does really well and, you know, it looks like the team got a quote-unquote bargain, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, I think the, one of the biggest things when the Rays sign these deals with players, they signed a number of them, 
is they're betting on you know the obvious good health and good play and all that, but they're betting on the character of the player, the character of the man, that he's not going to shut down and slough off and say, oh, I've got my money now, who cares anymore, and not make that extra effort in his preparation, not dive for that ball, those type of things. And I don't think there's anyone who suspects that'll happen with Kevin Kiermeyer. There's no doubt about that. And, and I think beyond that, the thing that sticks out to me, Mark, is that when Kevin Kiermeyer's on the field, the Rays play better. I mean, I think last year was a perfect example. And if there was anyone the Rays were to lock up long-term, pitcher or position player of the guys who had not been signed, KK really was the guy. Yeah, I really think, you know, there's no doubt. I think you're right. He was the obvious guy. I wasn't sure, you know, a while ago that would happen, you know, and he has the same representatives that B.J. Upton had when he was here. You know, that there were some talks at that point. Nothing happened. I mean, every player's different. You know, but the climate's changed. The Rays had some talks with some other players over the last couple of years, and the deals did not get consummated for whatever reason. But in this case, you know, it was a good situation. I think Kevin Kiermaier really likes being here. He likes the area. He likes the fact that it's not a huge market. He says it's a good match for him. He plans to live in the Tampa Bay area his entire life, he says. And, you know, I think this was just a good fit all the way around. There's no doubt. Um, and that really is the story in camp this week. But there were some others. The fact that the Rays did make some, quote-unquote, cuts – uh, with minor league games beginning, they had to reduce the guys in camp, including Nathan Avaldi. We're now down to 52, 51 healthy players, so to speak. Um, what was your take on the first round of cuts? Any surprises to you? No, I mean, I guess you'd say the release of Dana Eveland was the biggest surprise. And, and just because, you know, he was a guy that, although the success in the big league level wasn't there last year, pitched incredibly well at the AAA level for the Rays. When they made the effort to re-sign him this year to a minor league contract, you would assume they were going to give him a similar leash and you know see if he fit, whether at the start of the season or sometime during the year. And obviously what they saw so far wasn't encouraging enough for them to keep him. I mean, I know Kevin Cash said the obvious, you know, in deference to a veteran player such as Dana Eveland, if he's not going to fit, make the move now so that he has an opportunity to catch on somewhere else. They did provide him that courtesy. But it's also obviously an indication that they didn't think he would be on their team. Now, as far as the other guys, for the most part, they're players that were either reassigned or optioned to the minors that were going to end up there anyway. There was nobody sent down today or sent down on Wednesday who I think you would look at and say, oh, they could have been on the team. That's a surprise. And Willie Adamas, maybe a little bit of an early exit for the top prospect, but he wasn't getting very much of an opportunity to play here. He wasn't, get, he wasn't playing particularly well when he was on the field. So I think in that case, it was the right move, get him out of there. That To me, some of the story is some of the guys that they kept, and I know we've talked about this before, some of the pitchers, Jamie Schultz and Austin Pruitt, who obviously have made a good enough impression to stick around. Yeah, I think I think that is probably the story here because, you know, the Rays uh, brought in Jumbo Diaz. We haven't seen him yet because he's still with the Team Dominican Republic. Uh, Sean Tolleson is going to pitch in a game on Friday. Uh, which will be just his third appearance. Brad Boxberger is yet to appear in a game. So there's a lot still unsettled about the bullpen. So having these guys in camp gives you more looks at those guys. And certainly I think the Rays will be in a position where if they want to get a better read on a guy like Schultz or a guy like Pruitt, they can do that now by having them pitch you know, earlier in games when they're going to be facing major league hitters. You know, Teams, as the Rays will be, will be starting to use their regulars later in the games. You'll see regulars getting three or four at-bats now and playing six, seven innings. Some will play a full game. So the Rays will have a chance to get a better read. You know, from Jamie Schultz's case, we know the stuff's electric. We know the fastball is high-end and can be upper 90s. But, you know, what's his command? What's his control? What's his composure? You know, even in a small spring training stadium, but against big league hitters, with a couple guys on base in a key situation. See how he handles that. Two other players that are still in camp I want to touch on. 
Not that they're going to make the team right now, but the fact that Logan Morrison isn't built up to play regularly at first base and the fact that Colby Rasmus hasn't played in games means Jake Bowers and Casey Gillespie stay in camp. They're not making the opening day roster, I don't think, but they're getting more of a chance to make an impression with Kevin Cash, and they've made very good ones. Very much so, and I think that works both ways, Neil. I think this is a chance for those guys to continue to make that impression and, and show what they can do. And again, they'll start to face some better pitchers now, too, because every team has whittled, you know, whittled their roster a little bit, and every team's in the same position the Rays are. Is they've got to start looking at the guys who are either on the team for sure or have a legitimate shot to make it. But I think this also works in the sense that it gives the Rays staff, the major league coaches, Kevin Cash, the major league manager, even some of the front office guys who are on the major league team all the time, a chance to see these guys, get familiar with them, for the players to get familiar with the Rays, so that if at some point during the year there is a need, there's not an awkwardness there, there's not an unfamiliarity. In fact, they have a really good idea what they can do. And even from the player standpoint, I know they talk about this, the benefit of their winter development program is, you know, bring the players in, let them see what the trop looks like, let them know what the clubhouse staff is, what the room looks like, just so that if they ever are called up, they're not in awe over everything. There's some sense of familiarity. And they've got to get more familiar with Martopkin, who now has to probably go get uh, a workout on his back. He's been carrying me all week. I certainly appreciate the time. You have a lot to do still. Uh, even on the off day, you're working. Yeah, somebody's got to watch Chris Archer and Alex Cobb pitch, and I understand you've got a major uh, video production to oversee, so I'll be here and I'll be tweeting you updates. I certainly appreciate it, and I know our listeners do as well. Well, as Mark mentioned, Evan Longoria is appreciative when he heard the news about Kevin Kiermeyer's expected extension. So here's what he said on Wednesday. I mean, I think it shows the, uh, uh, the commitment to... Um, uh, wanting to win long term, um, keeping a guy um, like I said who's uh, you know still pretty young um, and uh, you know top three player at his position um, uh, it, within the organization uh, just just shows that commitment and uh, and just I guess kind of echoes the message that they've uh, they've been putting out there from uh, from really the beginning of this offseason and, and, you know, when, when uh, some of the changes were made, um, you know, with Eric stepping in and, and just kind of, you know, saying that this we're not looking at this as, as a rebuilding year and, and we're, we're hoping to, uh, you know, win this year and, and win, you know, in, in the long term as well. Look at this, you and Chris and KK as kind of the three, I guess, faces, so to speak, to have all three of you now. Longed up long term. What does that mean? No, I mean it's you. You, you, ha- you want to build um, the organization around um, cornerstone players, and and I think that uh, um, you know those two guys obviously representing different positions than myself or different uh, you know position player groups, and um, you know there's not uh, two better guys to, to represent you know the outfield group and and uh, uh, the pitching staff. Than, uh, than those two guys. So I, I think it's, um, it's, it's a great movie. It was surprising for me. I had no idea that it was going on. So, uh, um, you know, pleasant surprise to wake up to this morning. Um, actually, last night, I, I get all my news from Jamie. So she, uh, she told me last night. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, just excited for him, uh, excited for his family. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that uh, it's, it's life-changing, you know, um, not only – for, for, for the organization and, and for us, you know, the outlook moving forward, having a guy like him around for, for the long haul. But uh, personally, it's just uh, it's 
it's a big moment and uh, and I'm happy for him and and uh, you know I know he grew up uh, very very humbly and, and his parents and family are great people and so uh, it's it's uh, something that um, will will not only change his life but uh, but his family's as well. Now in addition to Kevin Kiermeyer, the other story this week was the first cuts in Ray's camp. It wasn't surprising Willie Adamas was optioned because he now can play every day in minor league games. Before he got the news, though, I sat down with Willie and asked him what he's learned in this camp. I've been doing good, I think. Uh, I feel, feel pretty good. Uh, I've been learning, you know, how to how to slow the game down, and I've been practicing a lot on that because I've been working with Beckham on that. He's, every day he's been, you know, like telling me he's on the biceps. So I think I'm learning pretty good. Has he been the most helpful guy in camp? Obviously, you, you learn from a lot of guys. Uh, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe not, but like all of them, they've been helping me a lot. Yeah, like Miller, him, Longy, they've been helping me a lot. Has this kind of lived up to your expectations? You know, obviously you get excited when you hear, hey, I'm going to big league camp for the first time on a regular basis. Yeah, of course, man, you know. Because like I said before, it's always good to be around those guys because so, you know you're going to learn from them. Yeah. Where do you want to grow the most this year? Where do you think you have the most to grow? Uh, defensively, I think, yeah, because I've been working a lot on that. Cause so I think I'm gonna be better this year defensively. And is that the throwing aspect of it? Yes, yes. I've been been I've been pretty good in that. I I think I'm I got be- a little a little better throwing. So I think the the practice it makes a result, right? This camp, you know, I think one of the neat things has been all the young guys, you and Jake and Casey and D-Rob and, and some of the young pitchers. What's it been like as a group for you guys to see, hey, we're, we're close? Pretty nice, huh? Because like, like, like everybody sees, like Jay Bauer, he's been doing pretty good, being raking the ball. And for us, it was, it was great to be here. And... <clears throat> I think I think this year some of, some of us we might get to the big list, so I think it was very good. Is it hard not to think about that um, and what that would mean? No, nah, not really. <laughs> but it would mean a lot to you and your family. Yeah, of course, man. Of course, it would mean a lot to my family, and because that's what we want, right? That's what we want. For Hugh, you mentioned your defense, but offensively, where do you also want to improve this year? And on my approach and my strike zone, I have to work on that this year because last year I struck out a lot, so I've been working with my two-strike approach. I want to, I want to be better on that. And I'm sure it's an area where Willie will continue to improve. Now, while Adamus is in minor league camp. Casey Gillespie is still on the Major League side. The Rays' Minor League Player of the Year in 2016 is there because Logan Morrison isn't yet playing every day at first, coming back from a wrist injury. And I asked Casey what his first big league camp has been like. Um, it's been good. I think we have a really good group of core guys, starting from up top. You know, obviously you got Longoria and 
you know, Souza and Archer and all those guys, and they've been nothing but awesome to us younger guys coming in that maybe be our first camp. But you know what? They've been really good leaders and set a good example for our, for us younger guys. Obviously, you've been around a big league clubhouse before, but being in it on a day-by-day basis, what were you hoping to gain out of this camp, and what have you gained? Just to kind of see how everything's ran up here, um, see how, the like I said, the, how the older guys go about their business, learn from um, Foley and Chad and work with those guys and get as, get as ready as I can for the season. What have you learned about yourself and who's been especially helpful? Um, definitely I've grown uh, pretty fond of Steven Souza. He's been um, awesome to me and he's been a good um, leader for us and you know he always comes into the clubhouse every day same attitude and same person so that's been something that I've learned. You had a, a two homer game the other day it's still spring training game but what did it mean to you? I mean, anytime you can do that from both sides of the plate, it's obviously a pretty cool feeling. Um, It was fun to do it yesterday, and, you know, seeing JB hit his home run, and then for me to do it, you know, it was just a good day for us younger guys, I thought. Indeed. Um, You are known, what, more power from the left side and more of a line drive guy from the right side, or how do you view and how do you maintain the two swings on a daily basis? Um, It's a constant battle. I always have to differentiate my left-hand swing and my right-hand swing, but... Um, I get more bats during the season left-handed, and I think I do have a little more loft on that side. But um, kind of towards the second half of last year, my right-handed swing, I was able to kind of pick out my spots and when I really wanted to drive the ball and um, start to get a little better idea of, you know, who I am as a hitter from the right side and the left side dating back to last year, and I've been able to carry that over into the spring. What's uh, what's the hardest thing in in trying to maintain the two swings? Just to always tell yourself they're different you know you you might do something that works on one side of the plate but on the other side it doesn't work so I think the toughest battle is just to figure out um I lost my train of thought here Um, on the right side yeah figure out you know they're different swings and if one thing works one way it's not going to work the other way and so trying to figure out what those things are that work for your different swing on each side and you started switch hitting at what age I was seven um I grew up throwing left-handed hitting Hitting right-handed is actually my natural side, I guess you could call it. Um, but, you know, my dad was like, you throw left-handed, you hit right-handed. You might want to switch over to the left side because there's not a lot of left-handed throws and right-handed hitters. So that's when I started doing it was when I was seven for my dad. And where do you want to grow the most this year? Just being more consistent. I think especially right-handed, I go through a lot of ups and downs right-handed really want to maintain a good swing from that side and be consistent as much as I can. Gillespie has a home run right-handed this camp, and he'll get more chances, at least in the near term. I want to thank Mark Topkin, Willie Adamas, Casey Gillespie, and Evan Longoria for being part of this podcast. Speaking of Evan, he and Corey Dickerson are the key guests on our Countdown to Opening Day show this Saturday and Sunday on the Rays Radio Network at 1230. You also can catch plenty of audio on our blog. Just go to raysradio.moblogs.com. Until our next podcast, enjoy Rays Baseball. We'll talk with you soon. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 